again, money as an amplifier, it's why more money, more problems is a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just one side of the thing. And so as people who, who are extremely conscious, make a lot of money, learn how to use money well, then more money means more resources, more opportunities, Ooh, more, that's more much more fun, more generosity, more consciousness, even. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to High Vibe in It. We are coming at you almost live every week now again. We were on a little break, so we had pre-recorded some episodes, a little bit shorter, a little bit different format, but we are back with another amazing guest this week. We are so excited to introduce you to Miss Jessie Johnson, who is a spiritual seven-figure coach. And, you know, we didn't really decide what we were going to dive into, but most likely some money things, some abundance things, some releasing blockages, situations, and we're just here for the work that Jessie does and to introduce her to all of you guys and have a really activating conversation today. So Jessie, thanks for being here. My honor, my pleasure, Kelsey. It was great to feel you. Linz, want to say yes. hi? <laughs> yes, yes. Hi, girl. How are you? I feel like I've known you forever. That's not true. I do feel like I want to get to know you and know you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I feel a little weird. <laughs> She's delusional, but it's I'm okay. not. I'm we're not working like, with it. <laughs> what, what were we talking about? Feeling into the hundred percent of whatever percentage you are. So I'm physically feeling about like seventy-five percent of my normal self. So I'm gonna try to feel into the hundred percent of seventy-five percent. I'm gonna practice that today. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I'm so happy. I really am so happy to connect with you. I can't wait to dive into all of the questions that we have. I know a lot of our listeners are. I mean, who isn't interested in like more abundance and and really figuring out. Um, where they stand with money and how to bring more in and what their connection is and just improving that piece. Uh, and I know there's so much more, uh, but I think that's a really good place to start. So why don't we just uh, go into kind of how you got into your work? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. where, where do you come from? <laughs> where did you come from for people and what do you do for them now? I started, I started, started as a math person and an artist. And those were like, I was living in duality. That's like both sides of the brain working perfectly together. (laughs) Yeah. Well, perfectly. Maybe not perfectly. All that, but uh, (laughs) I was, I I had this sort of sense of division for a long time, I think in my life. Um, College mostly focused on being the artist and moved to New York city when I was 22 to live that life. And almost immediately was like, okay, this is not sustainable. Like I can't figure, it was like, (laughs) brain is not, but there was a real uh, rubber hits the road kind of moment. Um, And I ended up becoming a math teacher. Hmm. And I don't think I, I I knew a little bit at the time, but I, I, not as much as was true of really kind of abandoning my art 
artist self. Um, and becoming, becoming a math teacher was actually really engaging. I was passionate about that work. I was fascinated by the challenge of it. It was extremely difficult and I cried every day in those first years, but also was so invigorated by what felt like really meaningful work. Um, I worked in New York City public schools for 12 years and during that time had a similar kind of like emerging division, except it was less focused on art and more about spirituality because I started, really the truth is that when I started teaching, it was, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done and I needed more resources. I found my way into meditation and got real into it. Like meditating every day was the favorite part of my day. Teaching meditation, building spiritual community. So I was for 12 years really doing both. And again, feeling this division. Like I have this work that I love, that I'm passionate about. And I have this spiritual life that I love, that I'm passionate about. And, and they don't really like never, mm -hmm. to, never the two shall meet kind of thing. I did teach meditation to my kids. I taught it to my colleagues. I taught workshops to teachers, but there was like fundamentally, it was always kind of an extra thing there. And meanwhile, in my spiritual community, there was a tremendous consensus about the value of healing and the value of consciousness, but very little accountability, very little, um, I'm going to just say excellence, like this value of excellence that I really want, that I really had in my professional life in certain ways. I, I couldn't even like find someone to agree on that. You know, people, it was like, people didn't necessarily even like show up to the thing that they were committed to that. It was just like a very different culture. And so, so I'm just aware of that. As I tell you my little narrative today, that, that division and feeling this kind of pulled in two directions was a big theme of my life. And I think it's, I think that's really common in our society today for people to feel like they have two competing pulls mm. in their life. My, my career as a teacher became increasingly frustrating as I kind of moved, moved up the ranks of, of power and autonomy and authority and like influence and, and then didn't see the needle move. It was like, I was there to dismantle the cycle of poverty. I was there to work, to support social justice and class change. And it was like, this is not only not happening, I might be making it worse. Like the system mm -hmm. is so designed to perpetuate this old paradigm. I'm not seeing anything change. And so I, I got really frustrated feeling like I was hitting my head against a wall and decided long story short, to start my own business. And when I did that also decided I want to bring these things together. So the beginning of my business was coaching spiritual teachers who were leading retreats because I thought I'm an educator. I can help spiritual educators. And within a couple of weeks, I, I kid you not, it was very, very early, early days of working with clients. I was like, Oh, we can't talk about curriculum because they don't understand money. They have no, there's no one signing up for the retreat. They're not, it doesn't matter what we plan because they don't understand how to fill the thing, make the money that they need to, so they can do it again so that they can then have conversations, deep conversations about curriculum. Like that's, that's still 
I will say like, I love it when, when I get to have those conversations, but money kind of, I felt picked me, chose me as its messenger. So for the last almost seven years, I have been coaching spiritual teachers and healers, people who facilitate transformation around money and not just a little money, big money. Cause I, I teach people how to make multiple six and seven figures very quickly in alignment with their vision and goals with in alignment with their values. I love it. That was a great answer. My favorite guests are the ones that like, after you tell me what you do and how you help people in my mind, I'm like, I want to know you more. <laughs> like, like those are my favorite guests. The one I just, can't, I cannot get enough information. And I know that the listeners just want to hear more too. So, so you kind of transitioned from math to, first of all, that freaks the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not good at math. It's just not my happy place. And to know that I had to, and I've taught before too, and it terrifies me like mm-hmm. to, to be up in front of a class and speaking to them and talking about something, you know, even still, they're all looking at you. <laughs> it's very, so when you, when you're telling that story and I'm like putting myself in those shoes, I'm like, that's a hard no for me. So, uh, very, you know, that's, you're very brave, first of all, but, but it's interesting to hear you say like very, you know, you, you recognize that this something was off about it. Maybe you didn't know what quite yet, but something was just not fitting into the puzzle that you envision. And I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that. I know me and Kelsey definitely can relate to that feeling of like, I don't know what it is, but I'm not supposed to be here and choosing and making decisions, you know, to take a step forward to where you are supposed to be. And you might not know where that is, but if you're listening in, you know, sometimes that's all you have to do. So it Mm -hmm. sounds like you landed perfectly. Um, And you said seven years you've been doing this? Almost in October, it'll be seven years. So yeah, we're, we're moving that direction. Oh my gosh. And what are the, I mean, I don't know, I guess Kelsey, unless you have questions, I I think I, we can just dive into like money. You want to talk about money? Yes, but I do have questions that are related to money. So let's start with the list and see what we can go down. (laughs) So So questions about money and you want to talk about money questions go. Okay. Well, this also ties into your story and this is also a selfish question, but also (laughs) hopefully it will help everyone listening. And that is like, how did you navigate that the the fear and maybe the worry and the anxiety of like committing to the new thing that you were feeling more pulled towards when you had the two directions right and you're like Mm -hmm. okay I don't want to feel separate anymore like I want to commit maybe to one path more fully how did you navigate that and then I guess the follow-up would be like how does committing um how does it lead to more authentic and more abundant finances. I love that you're bringing this up because I think it's a resurging theme. It's always a theme in my work, but it's like real current today in, in my, in my current batch of one-on-one clients in my groups that decision, decision makes all the difference. Um, and the, and the, and the, the full body, yes, of the decision is the, is what I mean when I say decision. So it's a really important question that you're asking. Um, 
the piece that I'll throw in there is that my frustration, my discomfort, my impatience, my suffering about hitting my head against this wall was, was necessary for me to be willing to make that decision to take a leap. Because if things had been any better in my work in schools, I don't think it would have felt worth it to me. Right. You had to, to hit that pain rest. threshold to be That's like, right. okay, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. And I, I really, I still kind of resist this sometimes, but I, I understand on a deep level that that that's true. Anytime I'm in discomfort, anytime I'm in pain, anytime I'm suffering about something like there is, there is a portal that opens up uniquely mm-hmm. if I'm willing to use that energy well. So I think that's important because a lot of the reason that people don't choose change or choose to live their life purpose or choose to have the partner of their dreams, the home of their, whatever it is of their dreams, it's because whatever they've got instead is actually legitimately comfortable enough that they are willing to, to keep choosing that. And it's none of my business what anybody else chooses. So I, you know, I respect that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that the opportunity that I think this conversation, all three of us, I can tell are all on the same like tip is that when things are shitty, when things feel terrible, when you're pissed off and frustrated and feel like angry at the world, angry at God, because you're not doing the thing that you know, you came here to do that, that, that feeling is really powerful. That is your green light to go (laughs) to do something. (laughs) That's the sign. I agree. So, so for me, I was clear that I, I was like, this is not working for me. And I had been looking for about a year for, for jobs. I, it never occurred to me to have a business. Like I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. Little did I know, like teachers, teachers are so freaking autonomous. They want their own space. That's why they have their own classroom. Let me do what I want. So I actually think teachers are pretty phenomenal entrepreneurs when they decide to make that leap. But I didn't, it was a blind spot for me. I didn't see that for a long time. So I had really investigated like all the options. And when finally that landed, it was like, oh, this is what everything has been preparing me for. And oh, look, this is where I can pull all of my emotional intelligence, educational, professional skill set, spiritual mastery into one container. <sighs> yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Yes. I loved that. I wanted that. It was like, yeah, that was a that was an answered prayer for me. Hmm. You know that fe- that saying of like it feels too good to be true. That is the best way I can describe actually like getting to do the work I do. The feeling that you get when you know like wait a minute, wait 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 wait. I get to do this. Really? Like I get to do this? Like it's, it's to to this day it's such a surreal feeling to mm-hmm. know that like you get to add positivity and value to the, to the world, to your clients, to the people that work with you, you get to light up the world. You get to get paid for it. You get to do whatever the heck you want to do. That feels good to you. And nobody can tell you not to, like, it still feels too good to be true. And the one thing that I want to, the reason I brought it up is because like, yeah, (laughs) you get to do that. (laughs) Everyone gets to do that. And I think it's so important, Kelsey, 
and um, Jesse, that we that you both brought this up of the decision. Like really, when you get down to it, it is just a. Am I gonna let my? Am I gonna allow myself to explore this? Yes or no. And sometimes that's all it takes. Like when I started doing hypnotherapy, it didn't. I wasn't like, yes, I'm gonna do hypnotherapy. It was like, can I? Sure. Let me, let me ask myself. Yeah, 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 sure. And then I made peace with that. And then I said, well, I don't want, you know, that might be too. Let me just make a call. I'm gonna just make a call. One step forward, made the call. Maybe I'll just do a tour. Went to do the tour, you know, of the, of the Institute. And then they started talking about financial aid. And it was just those little baby steps that got me closer and closer to like, it's right in front of me now. I could either say yes, or I could walk away right now. But saying mm -hmm. yes feels really, really expansive. So I think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so you know, and, and I think what stops people sometimes is the idea that it feels so big. Um, so maybe we could talk about that just for a second, you know, how, how sometimes, even if you don't know what it is, the thought of moving to something bigger, something that feels too good to be true, uh, might be a little speed bump for people sometimes. I think it's interesting the way you're speaking about it. And just that phrase too good to be true, because I think that that is, um, for most people that is either like at, at, I'm going to say at worst, a way of distancing themselves. Mm -hmm. Like that's too good to be true. Therefore I'm yeah. not going to do it at, at best. It's so terrifying and tender. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I, in my experience, living our, our deepest purpose, our deepest dreams is not for the faint of heart. It's yeah. not just like fun and rainbows. It's like extremely confronting and yeah. tender is the right word for me. Mm -hmm. Like raw, naked, vulnerable. You know? Hey, Lindsay here. What if I told you, you could get unlimited access to some of my best hypnotherapy, mindset hacks and courses right at your fingertips anytime you want it. It's all inside my Align Your Mind membership. Joining AYM gets you instant access to my entire digital hypnotherapy library with topics for any desire you have, plus a huge selection of bonus content, courses, trainings, and resources for deep, long-lasting transformations that I reserve for members' eyes only. Whatever you desire to embody or release, I got you covered, and there's always something new to explore and benefit from. Your biggest desires are waiting to be achieved and the AYM membership can get you there. So to join and get more info, hit the link in the episode description and start exploring your limitless potential. I'm going to take away from this retreat, pure happiness, new friends, new amazing friends, and the confidence to live my life again. My favorite part, because it's the most important part, is the healing. I don't remember a time when I was more embraced and cradled and there was an angel in every single woman in this group for me. Every person deserves to have this experience, to have this awakening and to feel fulfilled in their life. I could not have asked for a better six days of my life. You become a better person, you meet awesome people, you go home with a whole new tribe of soul sisters. If you're thinking about doing this, do it. There's no reason not to.
This October, I'm taking a select group of women to Mexico to experience themselves in a whole new light. Not only will we be doing the healing work, creating mindset shifts, and learning self-love tools, we will also be playing on the beach, resting by the pool, and bonding together in sisterhood. If you're feeling ready for the girls' trip of a lifetime, join us. You can apply today at kelseyaida.com retreat. Space is limited, so take inspired action now. And a pro tip, you can invite a friend to save $500 each on enrollment. I'll see you in paradise. I'm glad that you said terrifying because literally yesterday I was having a meltdown because recently I have chosen to commit more to this work than, well, I'm also a hairstylist part-time, which I've made six figures doing two days a week, like forever. Like, why would anyone give this up? Right? Like I'm a hair genius, but at this point I'm like, okay, I mastered it. I'm bored moving on. I feel that my energy is better served in other ways, but to leave something so quote unquote good when it's not in alignment anymore, it's like, okay, well, I have to live in alignment no matter how scary. And yesterday I was so scared. I felt like a little child. I was like crying on the couch. I was like, oh my God, like, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if I can't sell the books? Like, what if no one comes to the retreat? And first of all, I've sold many books and sold out many retreats, but all these fears in my head are like terrifying, so terrifying. And I felt like a little kid and my my fiance is just like, are you okay? Like watching me have a meltdown on the couch. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel so scared, even though logically I know everything will be fine. I can figure it out. Like if this doesn't work, it'll be the next thing. But in your system, you have like a meltdown or at least I'm having a meltdown after the commitment and the decision and like starting to take the steps to move in that direction. I'm just like, Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's how it feels there's there's well Kelsey knows this but there's a usually a pretty steady feeling in my life of like okay but what if it all goes away like tomorrow okay but what if it all and you know there's no evidence whatsoever but it's that feeling of like this is it like this is it there's I want to no, push back on that Lindsay. there's there's no boss it's me <laughs> <laughs> that, that of course that's true but i i think there is tons of evidence uh, we die y'all what <laughs> like everything ends everything ends everything everything yeah. so true. i i actually think that what you're saying it's it, that's where the tenderness lies it's actually like yes i have this fear and the fear isn't crazy it's not but jesse but do we die though but do we but do we die i mean this body <laughs> i'm being oh. silly you're right. No, no, yes. but, but I, I love that conversation. Like my husband regularly is <laughs> That's like, a whole podcast. Dying. Yeah. Yeah. He he's so tapped into his spiritual self that he doesn't really relate to that most of the time. But right. But I think that I think that that's that's the source. It's very existential, but I think that that's the ultimate source of all of our fears. It's yeah. like, what happens if I die? What happens if I die because of this? What happens if what in some way or shape or form what happens if i do this and they stone me what happens if they if, if i do this and i'm successful and they all leave me what happens if i do this and it's great and i and and the person that i have been my whole life is invisible to me mm-hmm. because she doesn't exist anymore like there is death in the direction okay. of change no matter what 
and it, it is scary. And I think it's right that it's scary. Not that we are then driven by fear, but I think it's important to welcome and acknowledge exactly as you guys are, as we are in this conversation, like this, this is scary. Yeah. There's no reason to pretend that it's not. I think it, I think it helps people to recognize it's real scary. And the bigger the dream, the more scary it's going to be. Word. And the more satisfying. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Cause Lindsay's you know. like, I just got to be positive. We got to be no, positive. Y'all. But here's the thing, Kelsey, come on. You know me, girl. I am not like rainbows and butterflies. What I'm saying is, <laughs> trust me, I am a nervous wreck half the time. <laughs> but I also know like growing up the way I grew up and like the experiences that I had, I never, never, I knew I wasn't going to end up in my hometown. I knew I wasn't going to like be Mm. a hometown girl, you know, Mm. who marries her high school boyfriend, like everyone in my town, in my town did go to church on Sundays. I knew that wasn't me. I knew I was going to get out. So I did, but that's it. That's all I knew. Did I ever, ever envision that I would be doing this? Hell no. Not really. I just knew I was different. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's a key piece that we all probably share is we all knew we were a little bit different. Didn't know how, didn't know what was going to happen. But like, I say that because sitting here and being able to do what I do and feeling the gratification, the satisfaction, the joy, the pure light upness that I feel when I do my work every single second of fear, terror, uncertainty, doubt, lack mentality, what have you was a 100% worth it because I have no doubt that I'm supposed to do this. And just that idea of like knowing for certain that you're sitting in the chair you're supposed to sit in and wearing the hat you're, that you're supposed to wear has a level of like alignment, I guess, Mm -hmm. that makes everything else seem kind of silly. Not insignificant trust me I'm I've had my moments on the couch Kels you know that crying like a baby too uh but it does make it it does put it in perspective in those moments when it would have felt how do I say this in the moments when before I would have just only taken the fear and been like okay I'm questioning everything I'm doubting everything it's all the floor is gonna fall out from under me because that has been the pattern of my childhood is like right when start things start looking good, it goes away. Something bad happens, right? So it has taken me a long time to be able to sit here and be like, yeah, it's fine. It's worth it. And I'm not there every day. But I will say that just knowing that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, it really does help me solidify the fleetingness of the fear. The fear will go away. It'll come back, but it'll go away. But the joy never goes away. Does that make sense? I think what you're talking about is extremely rare, Lindsay. (laughs) It's a big deal that you feel that way about your work. I mean, don't, Kelsey, do you? Am I the only one? I cannot be. I feel, I feel like that sometimes, but I'm still making the transition to focus in a more uh, focused way. I'm the typical manifesting generator of multi-passion move in many directions, which you are too, but your business is way focused. My, I have two different businesses and each business has lots of, lots of situations going on. So I'm in the, in the phase of honing. And I, I feel like how you're describing in moments, but not, not all the time about my work, like entirely like how you do. 
I think she's right that that's really rare. Like probably everyone listening to this feels different than how you feel and they want to feel how you feel. Really? That is shocking to me because I, I, I mean, anyway, that's shocking. Well, piece <laughs> that I feel the piece that I feel you spoke to that I, I do believe is universal is that we all have a purpose. We all have a Dharma. We all have like a, a thing that we came here that we incarnated on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. And I do think that when we, when we are experiencing the truth of that, like when we have the certainty, the knowing that we are here for a reason, I do think that that is the thing that gives us fuel right, to face the fear. And I do think without that, like people who don't have that confidence that you have, I think they struggle and, and really end up kind of going through loops of, of like trying and failing and trying and failing because they mm-hmm. don't have that foundation. So I think that that's really significant. There were times in my early business when I cultivated explicitly joy unconditionally, but that was a practice. Like that Mm -hmm. was not just like, I just naturally, I'm just naturally joy. That is not my experience (laughs) at all. I, and, and, and that's actually maybe a useful thing to share here because my business is now multiple seven figures. I have a huge team of employees. I live an amazing life. I'm super blessed. I, I love the work that I do. I love the work that I'm going to do. We've got a big nine figure vision for the business. My experience is that like from the outside, people will look at me and if they have some list of check boxes, they could probably check off like, oh, Jesse has the, you know, husband, kid, beautiful house, beautiful business, great team, all these things that I have. It's all true. And if they, if they have only a limited experience with that, they will in their minds project onto me that I have some perfect life or that I'm happy all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, my experience is that my emotional range is the same now as it's always been. Yeah. I am more skillful at navigating my difficult feelings. I know how to use them. That's what we were talking about earlier, but I still have them. I -hmm. still wake up sometimes feeling terrible. I still feel, you know, discouraged, despairing, overwhelmed, anxious, devastated by the shootings in Texas. Like my emotional experience in this life, I think is probably going to always cover the same range. And I welcome that. I think that's, that's part of what I'm here for. Um, But I, I do think that that's important because when we, as we go for me living my purpose, the image that I have is, this is actually a little like I feel a little sheepish to share this, but let me just cast that off. You can do it. (laughs) Um, I think about Jesus and Joan of Arc. Shit is not for the faint of heart, y'all. Like choosing to live your life in alignment with a divine order, a divine guidance means doing things that are terrifying and uncomfortable on the regular. Being uncomfortable on the regular. It's like, really? Like, so that I think, again, that's why it's, I, I think in this room, it's easy for us to kind of group together and be like, yeah, everybody go this way. Like live your Dharma. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the path. And 
humble respect for those who are like, hmm, <laughs> no, thank you. Like I'd rather enjoy my life, chill yeah. on the couch and watch Netflix and like, yeah. You know. And you know what, listen, and as, 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 uh, I, d- I really don't want to sit here and bag on people who do marry their high school sweetheart and stay in their hometown, because for who am I to say that that's not living in their alignment? Who am sure. I to say that that is not living in their Dharma, as you put it? I think everybody has a specific, maybe not specific. Everybody has, um, a path. Everybody has a path, right? We all come here for a reason. And if you are anywhere outside of that reason, you're going to know, mm. we're going to know if we're living outside of our purpose. And, and I, and I how definitely, did you know? how did I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, f- well, honestly, I had a baby <laughs> and I was like, I had a baby. I was newly married and I was on maternity leave. Well, sort of. Yeah. I had been let go when I was pregnant as a whole other thing. A couple of women took the company to court for the same thing. And I wish I would have sued them too, but I didn't. I just kind of left, but they fired me because I was pregnant. Anyway, uh, it was a pattern that they did that I didn't know about. But I, I was I was let go at seven months pregnant. We had we were, we moved the very next month and into a new house. And I was like a mess wondering how we were going to take care of this baby. My husband, I think was still a waiter, uh, at the time in, in LA in Los Angeles. So (laughs) high rent, but I had the baby and I was like, look, I don't want to go back to working at GameStop for 60 hours a week and never see my child. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back to, you know, uh, retail management what do I do? What do I do? What do I want to do? What do I want to do? And I finally was like, hypnotherapy. I like that. I really like that. And something happened, you know, like something glittered inside. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds fun. And then I had all the limiting beliefs come up of like, nah, don't do that. That's not safe. Mm -hmm. But I felt that I felt it and I couldn't ignore that. I felt it. So that's when I was like, maybe I'll just take baby steps to see what it's all about. I've never really, um, I don't remember ever having doubts that I could do it. I knew I could do it and get good at it. I was very unsure that I could actually make a living <laughs> and like, like have it be my only thing. Uh, that was the biggest. But, mm-hmm. but for me, it, I'm not going to say it didn't matter. But for me, the, the feeling was so addictive that I was like, I just want this all the time. I just want to do this all the time. And that was really the biggest driving force was like, I just want to do this again, Lindsay. I just, I think it's so powerful, (laughs) your story. And I feel so weird now, you guys, I feel like an alien. You are. I am. That's true. You love aliens. I'm like such a big fan. Lindsay, (laughs) don't forget. Um, I really, one more thing. I just want to say, like, I, I completely understand people that have not found the thing, but I will challenge anyone who tells me that they've never felt that feeling before, even on a small scale, everybody has something that they can be like, you know, maybe I felt like that with this, but I don't know. What'd you do when you were kids? What did you do that really made you feel like your soul was playing? And I don't care what it is. We all have something and I will die on that hill. (laughs) Can you tell that she's an Aries? (laughs) (laughs) 
Is my Aries showing, guys? Yes. Oh, You're on fire, literally. Sometimes um, I sometimes like, you know, combust. <laughs> but I want to rewind for a second and touch on what you said, Jesse, about like how even though you have quote unquote all the things, as someone might put it you still are human with emotions and yeah. you have experiences that are pleasant and unpleasant like everybody. And I think it's important that you said that because I think a lot of people are looking to manifest more money and more financial resources because they think, oh, once I have X amount, once I have all the money, then I'll be free. Then I won't feel bad. Then I can do everything that I want to do. And I'll always feel good. I'll never have a reason to feel bad because I'll be, I'll have all the resources in the world. And it's like, mm, that's a trap. That's, that's it's a trap guys. That's not really true. And also they've proven that once you have enough money to cover the basic needs, having exponentially more amounts of money is not going to make you exponentially happier. Yeah. So I'm glad that you said that and that you're a living proof of like, I'm still a human with human experiences because I think that's important to say. Yeah, more money, more problems, Jesse. I don't think that's true, but I think <laughs> I do think money is an amplifier. Yes. I do think it's an amplifier. And so when people are extremely conscious, and most of my clients, that's that's their mm -hmm. expertise, right? They're consciousness experts and they have a blind spot around money and it's 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 like a vacuum, yeah. like a black hole, you know, sucking their energy. And they need the intelligence, the clarity, the freedom, I would say the consciousness around money in order to keep their whole project business mindset at its potential expansion. Mm. Money is money is like the glitch. Um, and I'm bringing that up because I think that again, money as an amplifier, it's why more money, more problems is a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just one side of the thing. And so as people who, who are extremely conscious, make a lot of money, learn how to use money well, then more money means more resources, more opportunities, Ooh, more, that's much more, more fun, more generosity, more consciousness, even because money is a money is an amplifier. So if you have a lot of consciousness, money's going to amplify that consciousness. So, yes. and, and wherever you go unconscious money is going to amplify that as well. Yes. So, I mean, on a very mundane practical level, also, I'll say that, you know, right now we're making, I, would, I think on average, I just had a maternity leave. So we we've been transitioning a little bit but if you look at the last 12 months last 18 months I would say that our average income every month is about 200 250,000 dollars that's three times what I was making in a year before I started this it's an enormous amount of money um and I spend 60 to 70 thousand dollars per month on team and that number is just going up I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on taxes and that number is just going up. So it's like, I do think that there's also an important and easy to easy to kind of pop fantasy bubble that like, if I make more money, I'll just have more money. And it's like, yeah. well, maybe you will, maybe you will, but you'll also definitely spend more money mm -hmm. and you will, and you'll have more people that you want to spend it on. I think that's like part of my vision for continuing to grow exponentially 
is that I want to help more people. I want to employ more people. I want to empower more people. I want to coach more people. I want to teach this stuff to hundreds, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. Like let's, let's see how far we can take this. This is a movement. It's not just a business. Mm. And in order to do that, I'm, I mean, I, I got to make more money to spend more money to make more money to spend, you know, that there is a, I don't think it's a hamster wheel. It's just a flow. Mm-hmm. It's like the breath. I'm going to mm-hmm. inhale and exhale. I'm not going to just inhale for the rest of my life. Right. doesn't matter how much I like, like oxygen. Like I'm going to do both. We love oxygen. <laughs> I'm going to do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that that's an important piece, you know, to just kind of go like, but whether it's my numbers or just the breath metaphor to kind of integrate those of you listening, as you're thinking about expanding your capacity to bring in money, you are also expanding your capacity to spend money. That mm. not that the point? Yeah. I mean, you can't take it with you as they say, <laughs> what are you going to do at your grave when you have all this money that you never spent on anything? It's like, okay, what did you want the money for? If you weren't going to use it? <laughs> that's another, that's another little piece I can offer is, um, I think a lot of people to your point that the, both of you were talking about that trap. I think that a lot of people want money so that they can feel secure. Yeah. And there is this very, I will just venture to call it a patriarchal concept of financial security as a value system in our very middle-class culture. And it's a lie. It's just a lie. Because mm-hmm. overnight the stock market crashes, COVID hits, we go out a bit like we have wildly consistent evidence of that being a fiction. So what I teach is not financial security, but financial freedom, which is a skill, the skill of knowing how to make money when you want to, when you need to, knowing and developing the confidence to inspired by Lindsay to, to be able to do whatever it is that you want, whenever it is that you want to do it. And that's not a number in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a mastery. That's an expertise. So that's also, I think that that will help those of you listening to kind of shift tweak, just tweak. This does not have to be a big thing, but refine your mindset so that as you reach for more money, you're reaching for it in a way that's going to be sustaining and sustainable. Did you know that only 9%, a measly 9% of plastic is actually getting recycled? No matter how much we put in our recycling bin, I know, it's discouraging, which is why at Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good. I completely agree with them, which is why we took them on as a sponsor. So basically, Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics across your home and personal care routine. And by 2025, Grove will be 100% plastic-free. Woo! Like Grove Co.'s concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles, they're friendlier to the planet and twice as effective as the leading natural brands. Switch to sustainable products for every room in your home, from laundry care to hand soaps and more, Grove Co. has you covered with safe formulas and refillable packaging that never compromise on performance. Personally, I love the dish soap by Grove, which already comes in an aluminum recyclable tin, um, and I just refill the bottle that I have at home. I'm also obsessed. They carry like this um, bamboo toilet paper and bamboo paper towels, which are tree-free 
and they don't come wrapped in plastic. They come in cardboard. So there's just a bunch of little switches you can make like that on Grove. I think it's one of my favorite ways to get people onboarded to a more plastic-free lifestyle, a more non-toxic lifestyle, because they've already vetted everything and they're working towards going 100% plastic-free. So this is one of my favorite brands. I'm obsessed. Over 2 million other households are already shopping sustainably at Grove as well. Go to grove.com slash vibin today to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash vibin grove.com slash vibin that's beautifully said because I know I've had the thought and I have future paced of like oh when I have this much money like the old me would have said oh then I'll feel then I'll feel safe then I'll be able to relax then all this then all that but realistically, if I put myself in that spot, I'm going to worry just the same. I'm an anxious yeah. person. Like no matter yeah. the amount, I'm probably going to find a way to worry about it, you know? So mm-hmm. when you can detach from the number and practice cultivating that freedom and the resilience and the confidence in yourself that you can make money no matter what, I think that's where you can land in some sense of safety is like, I've always got me. That's right. Yeah. And I, is- I will say that I, cause I, now I've heard both of you say it and I feel like it's valuable to note that because of the work that I have done around money and in my business, I, it's not, worry is still a color on the palette. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know what worry is. I'll have it sometime in the next couple of days, but, <laughs> but I do not have as much worry Amen. as I have had in the past. I don't have as much doubt. I don't have as much insecurity. All that stuff is radically less than before. It just doesn't mean that I'm perfectly happy. Like living without those things is great. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfectly happy. I still have problems and challenges to solve every single day in my business. It's not a trivial thing, but I, I do, I I want, I want to hold that for you both that actually the anxiety and worry that you guys have expressed feeling today is coming up in my presence because it's ready to transform. see Kelsey. Okay. I was going to say this earlier. This is perfect timing because I know the journey that you've been on. Right. And it seems like every single guest that we've had has like kind of, I know I manifest all the resources, <laughs> all the helpful perspectives, all the great. I people. just think it's all, it's all perfect. And it's, and I'm glad Kelsey, that you brought up the, the number, you know, if there's a certain number, I cannot remember if it was you, Kelsey, that asked me this, but I was having a conversation. This has always been a thing for me, like lack, scarcity, always. And I've done well for myself. Okay. But it doesn't, it's not, it's still there. You know, it doesn't matter. And I can't remember who it was. Somebody asked me like, okay, what number? Was it my husband? Somebody. What number in the bank would make you feel safe? And there is no number. (laughs) I cannot think of a number that will actually be like, yep. I feel great now. I don't care if it's $10 million because then I'm going to be thinking what happens when I run out of $10 million, right? Um, I don't know why 10, but uh, there's no number. So I think it's so important what you said, uh, Jesse, that it there's a saying, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. And I hear that in what you're saying. It's like, you don't, these things don't just go away, but you also said Jesse earlier that you just get better at navigating them. And I think that is a very important piece for everyone. Like don't expect everything to just be great, right? 
but you know, you're going to get really good at it sometimes in, in navigating through these feelings and maybe they won't stick around quite so long. Maybe they won't feel quite as intense as they used to. Um, but we're going to, we all have bad days. You're going to have bad days, but you're also going to have good days. Don't forget that. I Jesse, I'm just in love with you right now for you basically telling me you're not going to feel like that forever. Don't yeah. worry. I'm like, oh, that would be nice. Because <laughs> sometimes in my mind, like, well, I have a lot of um, cancer in my chart. So even though I'm Aquarius sun, I got all the cancer. So I'm really like very sensitive and, you know, it can be a little moody, a little, you know, I explore the waters. And mm. sometimes I just feel like, I know that personally for me, one of something, a resistance point for me in manifesting more money that would maybe free up some of my time is, oh my gosh, if I have more time, then I'm going to have more time to be in my feelings and not Mm. always the fun feelings. So to me, that's a point of resistance. Like, well, we don't want that. We want to stay busy. We want to stay distracted, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, well, I'm like a resistance. I love to get into the resistance. So for me to notice that about myself I was like oh that's good that one has been holding me back subconsciously because I just been like well I wouldn't actually want that life I wouldn't actually want the freedom to be in my feels all the time like that actually doesn't sound fun to work from home every day of the week so something for the audience to maybe I don't know see if you have something similar going on like is there any reason that you have not thought of before that a part of you would not want all this money, all this freedom, all this abundance. You got to explore that resistance. And then sometimes just looking at it honestly is enough for it to not be a problem anymore a lot of the time. And sometimes you got to do some work once you discover what that is, once you discover, (laughs) once you discover what that is. So yeah, I just wanted to share that little example, personal tidbit. (laughs) So generous, so generous, really powerful. Thanks. I just want to point out real quick. It is, I know when you're going to listen to this, it's going to be uh, a week later than this, but today on the day of recording, it is 6-6-2022, which equals six. So it is a portal day today. So I'm just putting it out there. The you energy know, I think it's a, a six line day. day from human design perspective also. Is it really? Ooh, lots of sixes happening. Yeah. So the energy of the portal is still being transmitted, even if you're listening to this a week later. My Amazon package just got here. Yes. Perfect. Alexa just went off. Um, yeah. So right when I said portal day, it was like, doo-doo. <laughs> Another confirmation. Um, yeah. I think that's really special. What a good day for you to be here. Mm. Jesse, I have another okay. question. I'm ready, Kelsey. Let's go. So we've been touching a little bit on some blind spots. Do you feel that there's a really popular blind spot or two that we haven't talked about yet that a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs or just people who want to manifest more money that you see a lot of people falling into? Such a good question. I mean, I, I actually think that the one that you just named the resistance piece, so juicy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, specifically the fear of, of the wanted thing. That, that like on the surface is like, but I want this, I want this. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if it was just that you'd have it. Yeah. So there's some part of you that doesn't want it. And, and connecting with that resistance is really super powerful. I think that a lot of people that I meet have 
really complicated relationships with trust. Hmm. They don't, and money is such an interesting one because if what you're wanting, and again, the patriarchal sort of model of money being good with money is having it and holding it. Hmm. And like, that's not what money wants. Money Hmm. is like, again, more like air, more like water. It wants to move. It wants to move. And so a lot of people have been hurt on the light end, traumatized on the extreme end in their relationship to money because they have wanted it to stay and it has abandoned them. That's what spending feels like to them is money abandoning them. Hmm. So I think that there's, there's just a lot of, it's so deeply emotional for almost everyone, the relationship to money. And I think that that's, it's such a bizarre juxtaposition because of course they're like money numbers, spreadsheets. Like I'm just not into that. Most people, you know, very, very. Well, you work with spiritual people, right? So they're, so it's like, yeah, not, it seems like two worlds colliding. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, having been in most of the, having been in a lot of classrooms where most of the work around money should be happening. It makes sense. You know, it's math classrooms tend to be traumatic places for kids. So I think we come by that honestly as a society, but it's, it's a real truth. Um, so trust, trust in money, trust in self, trust in God are real, real heavy hitters in this work. I think the other piece is the, the kind of judgment. And I think for, maybe it's true for all times, but as a child of the eighties, the, the, the narrative, the cultural narrative that I was given was that if you are an artist or a good person and you want to make money, you will have to sell out. You will have to give up on your values. You will have to give up on what's most important. And, and I just see that a lot, right? That people feel like making money will require them to sacrifice the thing that is most essential to them, their, their core values. Hmm. And so I think that's, that's one that I do a lot of work with. A lot of my trainings are around that, helping people to uncover new models. Cause I actually think that we're here to, we like the collective of conscious experts and spiritual teachers and healers and coaches and people who are facilitating transformation on the planet. I think that we're here to create new paradigms, to hold space for innovation in how we work with money, to build the new economy where it's not about white folks winning and black folks losing, but everyone winning. And those require, so even if it was true, maybe it was true that you had to choose between your values and your wealth let's innovate and craft a new vision for what it looks like to live in this world where you can not only can, but it's good for everyone for you to have all of your vision, all of the resources that you want. (laughs) Yes. Age of Aquarius, bring it on. I think another one that (laughs) is on its way to death and hopefully will die soon is this idea that you have to work really, really hard for a little bit of my, like you must work hard. And, and when you said, you know, maybe that used to be true. That's the first thing that came to mind is that Mm -hmm. definitely was true in the past. You know, you, you working hard was the name of the game and hating it was the name of the game. And I think that now, um, 
we're, we're trying to let those fall away and we should definitely let them fall away because they just serve no purpose anymore. I do think that the, the, that's a very, I think that's the definition actually of the middle-class mindset, what you just Mm -hmm. said. So everyone, even if they came from no money or they came from tons of money because they grew up in a middle-class culture, a culture that's like driven by all the advertising is driven toward the middle-class crafted for the consumer who is middle-class. So everything that we see, everything that we're inundated by all of Instagram and Facebook, it's all, all of us, all of it is conditioning us with that mindset. And I, and I do think that that's everyone's to Mm -hmm. shift relationship to at the same time. So I teach ease. I mean, I teach ease as part of the, part of the way that living our Dharma and making true wealth real happens. It's not, it's not the ease of the middle-class mindset where we're like on vacation, drinking Mai Tais. It's the ease of alignment. It's the ease Mm -hmm. of clarity. It's the ease of resonance. It's the ease of confidence that gives us the resource to actually really enjoy doing whatever it is that's in front of us to do as opposed to escape. Yeah. It's not the ease of escape. It's not the ease of avoidance. That's, that's, that's something else. That's Netflix, which yeah. by the way, I love Netflix. I've like, we love Netflix. that name yes. around twice, but hundred percent agree. It's something else. Yeah. Cause I mm-hmm. actually think that crafting this new paradigm of a new economy is going to be, um, rigorous and demanding yeah. and not trivial and I'm coming up with words so that I don't say hard work because I do think that that's kind of the old paradigm of word, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't be mad at like rebranding hard work. Right. right. It's right. like a different form. Effort. It's like sponsored by different energy, the new hard Intention. work. <laughs> <laughs> well, because think of it this way, energy. there, there is like the, let's call the old hard work, like where you're slaving away, maybe in ways Very that aren't in alignment, but the new hard work. Yeah. can still be you working hard, but in a fulfilling, satisfying way. Like you're depleted at the end of the day, like in the best way, like I was utilized yes. to my fullest, like, like in yes. a way of alignment. Like yes. passionate intention, intentional. Yes. Like, like that's how I feel when I'm like do doing, I am doing, I am loving it, but it isn't like, this is all I can, this is how hard work feels to me because it sucks and it's not in a way. It's not drudgery. It's like aliveness. I don't know. I think, I think it is about rebranding hard work because it's not that things aren't going to be hard or challenging or there's not going to be work. Like that's right. There's going to be work. Um, and sometimes it's going to be challenging. Something that one of my mentors, raw goddess, who's brilliant, brilliant coach and author. She has a beautiful company called move the crowd. Um, and she, she taught me something important in a conversation actually that was about, we were talking about social justice and race and, and we were, we had been focused on the receiving component. And she was like, you know, I want to just like bring this in that the, the kind of historical conversation about affirmative action and equity is always focused on receiving, but that's not actually the main piece. If, 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 if it is a main piece, it's only 50% because the, the other half is our right to contribute. And I think that this is what you guys are talking about. Like if we don't feel 
that our work, our life force has value, that we can actually influence the world, support people, serve, and have and make a difference. That is the thing that I think feels like drudgery. That is the thing mm-hmm. that feels like slavery. That is the thing that feels like traumatic to live a life where we are invisible, where we are yeah. without impact. And so that's been enormous for me to like help to like just it feels like filling in the circle it's not it's not just one piece either one receiving and contributing are both important coming back to money receiving money and contributing money are both yes. important oh, so this is so good so the good. the conversation i feel like lindsay you were calling on people before to to really like lean into what their thing is contribution might be also a useful word in that conversation with self. What is, what am I here to contribute? Can I tell you something? This is what I say to my kids. Like, I don't want them to think I want them to be anything specific. I say, do good and give back and like it (laughs) like that. Those are my only rules. Like you have to like it and you have to, you have to give Mm. something back to the earth because too many people are taking and it drives me crazy. Anyway, beautiful amen i love it well i think we should wrap it up and head over to the patreon um before well first i want to tease the question i'm going to ask and also jesse this will help you to think of how you want to answer but you being a messenger for money what does money want us to know and understand about it that we're not knowing and understanding about it now so i'm just going to plant that seed we'll talk about it on the patreon Um, but before we go there, can you tell everyone how they can get more into your vibes and just work with you and absorb your wisdom and where they can find you? Yes. Jesse, J E S S E Johnson coaching on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, I think on Twitter, we have just Jesse J coaching. I can't quite remember, but anyway, uh, I will name right now. We have a ton of people hacking our account. Oh. So there's all these like Jesse dot Johnson coach. That's not me. Just Jesse Johnson coaching. No periods, no apostrophes, no weird stuff. No eyes. <laughs> I am Jesse Johnson J coaching. <laughs> so yeah, please. We have, we are, we are content making machines. We're really committed to serving people at whatever level they're ready. So we have t- tons of resources that are completely free. Um, and you can also go to the website. The website's beautiful and has a bunch of resources there as well. jessiejohnsoncoaching.com. Yay. Hey guys. Thank you for the work that you do. You're awesome. This is awesome. I'm excited for everyone to hear this conversation. It went in a very good direction. I feel, I, I feel, I feel I that it was really, go really team. potent and powerful. Yes. Yay for the medicine. Okay. So we're going to go over to the Patreon. We'll chat a little bit more. Um, but until next week, we freaking love you guys. Yes, we do. Thank you for being with us on this journey and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our high vibe community. Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe every week, we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way. And be sure to connect with us on social at Lindsay Robinson and at Kelsey Aida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe 
you can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick, and super fun to be there. Also, leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one.